Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Do we Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad you've joined us. We are indeed, but you know, it seems to me that you had something you wanted to say to our listeners, so before we get started... The platform is all yours, dear. Yeah, I did. I just wanted to take a moment and thank uh, people who write in and tell us how much they enjoy the show and that they're encouraged and they're receiving practical help. So thank you all for your kindness, and I'm glad we're able to have these conversations, and I am glad that we're doing life together. Yes, it's more than just a phrase, actually, isn't it? Keep yeah. the good feedback coming. We love it, and it encourages us as we work on this program together. Okay. Now, to today's topic. As you well know, it wasn't long ago that we moved to another state and we had to start all over. New friends, new church, new doctors, repair people, all the things we normally take for granted when we live somewhere for a while. Moving is, can we sum it up with one word? Challenging. Yeah, I think especially when you have adult children like we do, it just makes it more difficult to find places to belong and to meet people. Mm -hmm. You know, when you move, you lose your community. I mean, all that stuff was related to a community of people That's that we right. have and places yeah. that we belonged. And I think, Norm, that we tend to underestimate the impact that this has on us. You know, I lived in a small town where uh, I was there until I went away for college. Mm -hmm. And we had a very strong community of people who love me, who watched out for me. But not too many people have that anymore. No, that's a completely different way of life. And, and, and this lack of belonging that you're talking about became even more evident during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, good grief. COVID did a number on us in so many ways, especially in terms of gathering. We couldn't be in community, literally. We learned how important belonging is to each of us. And because of that, I think we ended up feeling isolated and lonely too often. And that's because we're social creatures and we need to connect with people. Uh, we are made to be in relationships. Yes, and you remind that at the end of every show. It's really great. Right. Uh, we, we really do. And, and we, we love to do life together, and it's far better than doing it alone. That's our tagline, that's right? That's it. That's it. So that's because, really, we all long to feel valued. We want to be wanted. We want to be supported by other people. We want to share with other people. We want to be needed. And we like to help others. The longing is wired into our brains. Hmm. We have an inborn need to belong to something and to someone. And because this concept of belonging is so very important, it's been studied by the academic world. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and we know that belonging is associated with numerous beneficial outcomes and that not belonging increases the risk for psychological and even physical dysfunction. Which we saw during the pandemic, as right, you mentioned. Exactly. This is because, as I said, it's a primary need and it actually goes back to the beginning of time. In Genesis 2, 18, God says, it's not good to be alone. Hmm. This is the first thing God declared 
to not be good. Really? Isn't that interesting? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Sadly, whether it's due to a breakup, a divorce, illness, job loss, death of a loved one. I mean, there's so many reasons that we are dealing with things in this very broken world. We can feel alone. We can feel emotionally and relationally distant from everyone. And when that happens, we don't feel like we belong. And, you know, we've discovered this as a country, haven't we, that we've now had an epidemic. We now live in an epidemic of loneliness. Millions of people understand the pain of loneliness. And even though we live in the most technologically connected world ever, we're still very much alone too often. Yeah, and that's because technology doesn't substitute for that physical human connection. It isn't conducive to being vulnerable with people, really, and to truly be what we call known hmm. by another person. That requires intimate, face-to-face conversations. So, psychologically, maybe, what is it that motivates us to find a place to belong? Usually, it's out of sharing some type of commonality that you have with other people. So, groups always form out of this. An interest may be in history, in music, some type of shared goals that you may have. And of course, important to us is religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. In fact, the church is an affinity group. It's one group that we share common values and beliefs with, and we need that community to build each other up and to stay true to our faith and really help each other. Well, that's good. There's a downside to being in a shared community, and that can be the pressure to fit in, to look like everyone else. <laughs> Remember in high school when the new kid would come, the sports team might pressure them to act like other members of the team in order to fit in with the rest of the group, or even when there were actions that would go against how they were raised, it was like, too bad. This yeah. is how we do it. And, and we used to call that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in churches sometimes, <laughs> we've been to visiting churches in the new place where we live where there's a look, and mm-hmm. people feel a certain way or behave a certain way or sing a certain way. There's a correct way to act. For example, we turn around in our seats when someone walks in the door, and they look like they don't belong. They came from the streets. It's it's uh, kind of a bad pattern. And it's something we really need to take an honest look at. Norm, tell the story that Pastor Simbola of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church told us about the homeless man who came off the streets into his church one Easter Sunday. As a television producer, I was working on the, my first show with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and we told stories of people who worked in the church or who had been ministered to or blessed by. And Pastor Simbola said at the end of the last service, they had multiple services on Easter, he was exhausted, ready to go home, starving. And as he was down in front praying with people, a homeless guy came walking down the aisle, and he knew in his heart of hearts this guy was going to come up to him, and it was going to be a long conversation. And to make it worse, when the man got there, he smelled of mm-hmm. the street and of urine and and body odor. And Pastor Simbola said he had to turn his face to inhale and then turn back to talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. And he realized, because he was convicted by the Holy Spirit at that moment, that, wait, this is one of my cherished children. What are you doing? Who are you to act like this? And he prayed an instant whispered prayer, Lord, help me. And he said an, a miracle happened instantly, where when he turned back to the man, he smelled beautiful, like he had cologne on and he had mm-hmm. just been bathed. There yeah. was a miracle of love that came out of him for this man. It's, it was just such a powerful story oh. when he told us uh, you know, all about that. And I think one of the things that we're seeing culturally, Norm, is that we're seeing people just parroting hmm. the talk of certain groups to mm-hmm. fit in. It's, it's really not who they are. 
or what they believe down deep. But this cultural push to affirm beliefs that are counter to your faith is actually getting more hostile. The church has to stay true to the word of God and not be pressured by groups who want us to say and think the way they do when it opposes the actual scripture. Right. Well, certain groups use belonging to capture the hurt and the wounded people. And that's good. They offer temporary solutions, but if it's not true and it's not meaningful, it's not real belonging. Well, when people feel unloved and rejected, they are looking for a place to belong, and they're even, they'll even go to unhealthy places. Um, you, you know, years ago, there are very well-known American psychologists. People probably know Maslow, the Maslow hierarchy of needs. They've heard of that. But years ago, he placed, he placed such a, strong emphasis on belonging mm-hmm. as one of the major mm-hmm. needs that motivates human behavior. So when we find a group to belong to, we feel a part of something bigger than ourselves, more important than ourselves. That's really important. And then we believe that when you belong to a healthy church community, for example, you do experience belonging in more meaningful ways. Friendships develop. You have the support to help you face all the difficulties of life. We heard our pastor say that on Sunday. We did. And, and we also know how important it is for college kids. A 2020 study with college students found a positive link between a sense of belonging and greater happiness and overall well-being, as well as a reduction in mental health. And we know that's such a big problem today. That includes things like anxiety and depression, right? Yeah. So I think we have to think about how important it is. Do you remember when we brought Matt to a Christian university? Uh, that maybe, I don't know if you were with me in this session, but you told the, me about yeah, it. Yeah. The, the person who was leading it said there was a study from UCLA that found when young people connect with a faith based group within 72 hours of coming to college, there's a high likelihood they will keep their faith. And boy, that really struck me and should be on the radar of every parent whose child is attending a secular university. They need to connect with groups like Crew or Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Chi Alpha, InterVarsity, and those other faith-based communities. You feel pretty strongly about this. I do because, you know, we've seen so many of our kids' friends that just leave the faith and they become highly influenced by the ideology that's anti-Christian in our on our secular college campuses. And that's why you and I have devoted our, our lives to higher ed teaching at mostly Christian colleges. We believe this is an important time in the lives of young adults. Their identities are forming. They want to find a place to belong. They're looking for it. And I would like that place to be a community that supports their faith not constantly a community that's opposing it Mm -hmm. and tells them that their faith is weakness or ridiculous or now that if they have faith, they're somehow bigoted or judgmental. You know, while you were saying that, I was thinking of my friend Nikki Cruz, the famous gangster who met David Wilkerson and met Jesus, and it changed his life. That was so many years ago, but there it was, that belonging need. Well, and he found that belonging in the gang life. So a lot of times people are looking for something and they'll find something that isn't going to be helpful to them. So we really do need to think about how can we make people belong in better ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that means the church has got to do a better job. It does. Bringing people in and actually providing healthy, safe community. And you and I, because we just moved, we talk about how we are church people. We've been going to church our whole lives. And it's so hard to walk into a church as a stranger. And we've noticed when we, we did this again, another time in our life where nobody talks to us, nobody greeted us, we could go in and out. And I always think about that is so tough for people when they're walking in. It really is. The church needs to think about this and be good about 
about it. So, more about that on the church regarding our topic of longing and belonging right after this break. We'll return, and uh, when we do, we'll increase our own belonging and help each other. How about that? More on the Dr. Linda Mental Show coming up. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder, what is normal, and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You are listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Congratulations. We're glad you are. Dr. Linda has written numerous books that can help you. If you find them on her website or online, her latest is Living Beyond Pain, a book that can help chronic pain sufferers turn down the volume of pain and live a much more high-quality life. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and you can connect on social media. And don't forget about our podcasts on iTunes. Dr. Linda, back to the show. I'd like to make a point. It seems to me science actually supports what the Bible says in Genesis about longing to belong. This is an interesting thing to me, that when we crave interactions with other people, that longing we're having, it's in the same region of the brain where we crave food. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. And in the same areas where when we experience social exclusion, that same part of our brain is where we experience physical pain. So pain and emotions are right there together. And a study at the University of British Columbia found that when we experience ostracism at work, for example, that it can lead to job dissatisfaction and health problems. So even uh, this whole idea of loneliness that we've been talking about, when you lack support, when God said it's not good to be alone, he's our creator, Norm. He knows what we need. That's right. That's right. You mentioned work. I'd like to mention something. Research related to teams at work found that when people felt a greater level of cohesion with their colleagues, they actually performed better. Kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. And the desire for acceptance from the group was a greater motivator than actual raises or more money. People have a clear need to identify with a group and be accepted as a vital member of of a community. This need to belong is 
everywhere you look. I think that's pretty powerful that it was even bigger than money. Right. I wouldn't have expected that. There's a very well-known psychiatrist, Norm Dr. Dan Siegel, who described a meeting he had with the leader of a tribe Hmm. in a war-torn country that was experiencing famine and disease. And when he asked how the people seemed, why were they so happy? This is what he was told. We're happy because we belong. We belong to each other in our community. And then they added, we belong to the earth. Well, we belong to God. Lots of people criticize the church, and we have a generation of people who don't feel the church is very relevant or needed. Well, that's for sure. But our belonging to a church community really does enrich our lives. And funny thing, the church was God's idea to start mm-hmm. with. Even back in Psalm 68, 6, he tells us that the church or the community of faith was there to set the lonely in families and to give us a place to belong. I think churches and Christian organizations need to sort of reorient their ministries and their strategies and make them more around building a thriving community, maybe by inviting people not just to belong, you know, not just to join a church with the membership, but challenge them to join so they can get involved with each other. Mm. And in Christ, we can find true belonging. And that true belonging is when we're fully known by God, which means He knows us intimately, and yet He fully loves us. And sometimes that's difficult, but not for God. (laughs) Your friend, uh, Christian psychiatrist Dr. Kirk Thompson, has built his entire ministry around this concept of being known. We've had him on the podcast in the past, and he really understands how the brain is wired for connection, connection with each other, and how we desire to be, as you said, known by one another. Which takes bravery to be vulnerable and honest in our relationships. And that's not easy when you've been burned by other people. But it is in our DNA to be known deeply by another. And we want to keep emphasizing first by God Mm. and then by others. Mm -hmm. Because we know that the healthiest and the most satisfied people are those who have this sense of belonging. Let's turn again to the scripture. Matthew 19 tells us little children belong to Jesus and his kingdom. And when we serve the poor and the marginalized in Jesus' name, we're representing Christ to those very people who long to belong. And we belong to Christ. So our belonging then creates a belonging in other people. And the church is the bride that belongs to Christ. The bridegroom is what it says. So John 847 tells us that we, when we belong to God, we hear and obey his voice. Now that's another whole, I think, topic we could talk about. But when we come into a saving relationship with Christ, we understand that he died so that we may no longer belong to ourselves which really doesn't take us anywhere eventually, but we belong to Him. Hmm. So the most essential step we can take to move from longing to belonging is to know Christ and become one of His children. And there is no risk, as He is completely trustworthy. He'll never abandon us, never reject us. He accepts us just as we are. And those are such powerful truths if we really, really believe them. Jesus is the answer for all who long to belong. We have fellowship, we have community, we have friendship, we have relationship in Him. We don't have to do life alone. And we have someone who is for us and who actually fights for us. And when we belong to God, not ourselves or to the world, it means we belong to His family, His people. It means we're belonging to the universal church and is affirmed every time we take communion. We do that with Christians around the world. We affirm that relationship and community. Yeah, I I like this quote I read. I, I copied it without the name or reference, so I don't know who said it, but listen to it. When we're secure in Christ, 
will be established and rooted in how He has made us, and we will belong to Him, and in a sense, to ourselves. We can become who we were meant to be, fully adopted and secure children of God. Oh, I really like that. And apologies uh, to not knowing the author. If it's you, would you let us know? And we'll, <laughs> we'll give you attribution. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do that. I'll just write something down, and I'll copy it on my computer, and then I realize I didn't put, <laughs> I didn't put down, and I go, oh, that's good. So I know I can't print it anywhere, but we right. can at least say it. And Somebody was very bright, brilliantly said that. Well, you know, Norm, knowing Christ is almost a little bit like homecoming. Hmm. You find your place. It's like pulling in the driveway of my parents' house for a holiday. There's this immediate sense of security. There's this love and acceptance. I always felt I'm home. Mm -hmm. I'm fully loved, and yet they fully know me. And they know all my mistakes, all my problems, but they accept me for who I am. So what are some thoughts you have about encouraging us toward belonging? Well, I think first we have to really believe what we read in the Scripture And sometimes that's hard. People will say, well, I read it, but I don't know if I really believe that. Well, read the Word of God and believe what you hear and what you're you're seeing when you're reading that. And understand who Christ is and how healthy relationships actually function. You know, the Bible is very prescriptive. And a lot of what we do on this show is take things from the Bible and talk about how those principles relate to healthy relationships. And then become a part of a church family and find other affinity groups. So you can do church together, life together there, and then there's also things that you really enjoy about yourself that you might find an affinity group with. Sports, arts, anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. But we have to make an effort to move towards others and be involved in the friendships. When you see a need, you know, help and support and offer yourself. I think one of the great challenges there is us deciding to make space for other people becomes so we become so self-focused and and have our own needs that we think are more important. Sometimes someone once said to you one time, I have enough friends. I don't need another friend. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was brand new to (laughs) a part of the country and I was really longing for a friendship. And and she literally said that to me. I have enough friends. Thank you. Well, it's really awful to hear. Okay, make space. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, people do respond to it when you offer that type of friendship, I think. I think people are looking for it right. and in a meaningful way. And it's easy to get caught up in your own life. Look, you and I have a tendency to do that. We get so busy. We're not thinking of other people. But a core value of the church is to serve others. And it also helps to be patient with other people because sometimes they're a little harder to love. Uh, but focus on similarities, not differences. And it's so concerning to me how the culture tries to divide us in so many ways. Remember, it's the enemy who divides and isolates, not God. Right. So we could also join personal or professional groups, which you feel a common sense of purpose with, being part of something and the coherence and alignment between your goals and the group's purpose. That's going to help us have a better, greater sense of belonging. And Bible studies are good, or any type of reading group. Find an exercise group, a walking group, anything that provides you a common interest. And of course, serving is one way to really find your place. You know, Christ tells us to give ourselves away. Take the focus off of you and create places for others to belong. And just get past yourself and your busyness and your distractibility. Take time and build relationships. Meeting people isn't hard for most of us when we really do try. 
However, if you have social anxiety, just want to put that out there. Well, it might good. be difficult. Right, right. In that case, get some help with that, um, and maybe you'll feel better because being around other people really is enriching of your life. And let me remind us all that we need to work on our intimate relationships as well. And our family life and keeping our family in, uh, you know, making efforts with our family, maybe to write time to be with them, you know, cover their needs, talk to them on a regular basis. Hmm. As we near the end of the show, I want to mention this. I love the creeds and the confessions we hear at church. The first question, by the way, of the Heidelberg Catechism from 1563 says, what is your only comfort in life and death? The answer, that I'm not my own, but I belong body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. It's about a belonging, isn't it? Right. That's a great, great confession. It's such a powerful reminder that we belong not to ourselves, but to God. And through Him, to His people, in Christ, we're fully known and fully loved. He is the one who fulfills our longing to belong. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mental, who makes the show a conversation, and to our technical director and producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.